listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Today we're starting a new series. We've titled it, Then Sings My Soul. It's on the power of music. And each week we're going to be looking at different songs and the way in which we can learn something from these songs. These songs are not kind of Christian songs. They're songs that you might hear on the radio. And so there are a couple of things that have maybe inspired this this series. Uh, Brian Zahn, a pastor from Missouri who I kind of love and respect, uh, for years now has been doing a series on songs. He's more of a music aficionado than I am. Uh, For a long time, he titled that series, Finding God on Your iPod. I think more recently he titled it, Finding God in Music. But what he's talking about and what we hope to talk about as well is the way in which the story of God, redemption, life, the fullness of life, can be found in music and the way in which music can connect to us in ways that simply words can't. There is this gap that sometimes exists between our Christian life and the rest of our life. Sometimes expressed as the difference between Sunday and Monday. On Sunday, that's our Christian day. We're gonna go to church, we're gonna read, we're gonna pray. We're gonna gonna separate some time for God. Maybe if we're really devout, we might do that another day of the week or the most pious among us can pray every day or read scripture every day and do devotionals. But even that practice sometimes is just too kind of separate from the rest of our life. Like, this is my God time, and then I get on with the rest of my life. And I think that's, that's unhealthy. Like, God didn't create us so that we can just sin a little less. Jesus didn't die on a cross, and God didn't resurrect him just so that our eternal state might be different. As Jesus says, he came to give us life and life more abundantly, more abundantly. And it's that abundant life, that fullness of life that I think music really helps us connect to. And so that's what we hope to do in this series. About a year ago, Carol preached a wonderful sermon for us. And in it, she talked about the ways in which our senses help us connect with God. So that connecting with God is not just a matter of kind of thinking the right thoughts, but our taste, our smell, our sight, our hearing, our touch are all kind of wrapped up in how we connect with God. So she, she had a fragrance, and I, I believe if I'm remembering correctly, there was on, on this fabric, she encouraged us to smell it. And, and it's that kind of power of smell. I know that Sometimes I've experienced that. I've been somewhere and I'd smell something I haven't smelled in years. And not only am I able to remember certain ideas about what happened, but I actually experience certain feelings. And so those things kind of take place in our lives in powerful ways. Leonard Sweet uh, wrote a book called Dancing the Soul Salsa. And in it, the first chapter is called Mezuzah Your Universe. Now, a mezuzah is typically a small kind of container made of wood or metal or stone, and it's placed on your doorpost. This is a Jewish practice. It's based on this passage out of Deuteronomy that encourages the Jewish people to remember the word of the Lord, to remember the law of the Lord, and to write it down, 
to put it on their doorposts, to put it on their hands, to strap it to their heads, right? To remember God. And so mezuzahs, you'll find them even in hotels in Israel or even on the, the gates of the old city if you're coming in and out. And they would contain this little bit of, of Deuteronomy that starts, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And there's a bit more to that that goes in. But the, that first letter of the word for here, Shema, is a sheen. And the sheen, it looks a bit like a W, and it's often on the mezuzah. And what sweet means, he uses mezuzah more as a verb, to mezuzah your universe. What he means by that is that we need to have practices in our lives about how we connect with God. That it's not always just me thinking something or me reading something. And so maybe that means lighting a candle so that we can smell or kind of feel the warmth of the candle. Maybe it's other things that we do kind of with our bodies, like turning on the lights or maybe uh, dimming the lights, listening to music, um, the sounds, singing. So we use our bodies a lot in worship. We clap our hands, we raise our hands, we use our hands to kind of lay on one another when we pray for them. Our bodies are used another way, like in baptism, our whole body goes in the water or in foot washing. You know, we wash one another's feet. Even in communion, we're, we're tasting the, the bread and the wine, right? So there's a lot of, of bodily kind of senses that are used in those things. But what we're really trying to get at here is moving even past our typical worship services, kind of finding God in every day. Like, where is God kind of Monday through Friday? I'll tell you where God is. God is between every second. God is with you. God is in you. God is between every cell in your body. God is closer to us, we say, than we are to ourselves. And how can we kind of become aware of that? Well, me just saying that to you is not going to do it. We need things that kind of move our emotions, our feelings. C.S. Lewis says in his book, The Abolition of Man, that somehow we've kind of failed in the way in which we talk about Christianity, that it's just a matter of ideas in your head. You know, you think certain things, like Rene Descartes, I think, therefore I am. Or the, the Christian version of that, I believe, therefore I am. But we want to move past that, to talk about our habits, to talk about what goes on in our body. There's a book that came out a few years ago, it's called You Are What You Love. It's really good, I'd recommend it. It's by James K.A. Smith. And it's talking about Christian habits. And not just thin little habits, but thick habits, those things that really shape us. And music is a powerful one. Music connects to us in ways that I might call a form of spiritual and mental uh, muscle memory. So muscle memory is something that musicians and athletes do, of course. So musicians will practice their scales or vocalists will practice their scales. Uh, athletes will practice certain um, shots or certain activities, right? Because they want their body to get into such a habit that it can do it just kind of naturally without thinking. So in the, in the kind of split second in the game or in the performance, their, their fingers or their hands or their, you know, their body, their whole motion can just do things. And that's really what these types of Christian practices that I'm, I'm kind of talking around and the way music can shape us 
that, that can do it. It can shape us in such a way that is deeper than just our consciousness. It like gets down into our subconscious that is part of who we are. So it's not just when things are good and we're, you know, we have a long weekend and we can just reflect on the goodness of God. But in the heat of every day, when someone cuts us off in traffic or we get mistreated at work or whatever the case may be, there's this deep sense of God's presence and who we are in God that can carry us on. I want you to listen to this. There's a a video that we found online and it's of an 88-year-old woman and she has Alzheimer's, but someone put a guitar in her hand and started singing a song and she starts playing and and singing along i just want you to listen to it it's just a few minutes just listen to this one night i was walking i felt so alone my heart was so heavy from the burdens i'd known i hadn't noticed a church that was near till the sound from within seemed to fill the air they were praying a sound that the world seldom hears praying the children that God loves so Angela and I actually share a testimony that's not so different from that. I mean, that was so beautiful. I remember Angela's paternal grandfather had Alzheimer's. And at a time when he couldn't really carry on a lot of conversation, you could sit down to a meal and ask him to pray and he could come out with a prayer. Or Katie was just a baby and he would kind of hold Katie in his arms and he would sing this song to her, you know, Katie, beautiful Katie. And it was, it was so precious. So what is it about whatever it is that's going on in their brains that makes it incapable for them to kind of uh, remember things normally? But you, you sing a song or you start to say a prayer and there's something somewhere down deep in who they are that remembers. It, it practices the faith kind of despite these other things. So that's what I think music can do for us. Now I know some of you, you know, in your background, you might have connected to music, but you were connecting to music when it was before you kind of knew the Lord, before you were serving God. And you kind of now associate those songs and that music with who you used to be. And you now self-differentiate. That's not the person who I am today. So those songs and that part of my life is kind of gone. And, and certainly I can agree that there are some songs that aren't very healthy, right? They kind of appeal to our kind of our darkest sides, our, our lusts, our desires, our, um, what we covet, to use a King James term, uh, lasciviousness, 
right? Sin, sin and such things. But I also want to suggest this, that all truth is God's truth, that all beauty is God's beauty and all goodness is God's goodness. And it's not all that you had in your former life was evil and all that you have in your current life is good. Like this dichotomy between the sacred and the secular, I think we need to interrogate. Sacred just means set aside for God. And I hope that all of our lives, our Sundays, our Mondays, our Tuesdays, our Wednesdays, our Thursdays, our Fridays, our Saturdays, all of our lives can be set aside for God. Especially those things that speak life, that talk about goodness and truth and beauty and blessing and family and friendship and connection and commitment. Even that talk about not just joy, but also sorrow, not just healing, but even brokenness, because that too is part of life. It's a part of the complexity of life. That's what makes stories and movies or TV shows, some of them stand out so much better than others. It's, it's the characters. It's how thick the characters are and the, and the, the ability for the, the author to show this huge kind of character arc. The, the song that we're going to look at today is Bob Dylan's Forever Young. It's a great song. I mean, Dylan, Dylan has written a lot. His, his whole, if you look at all of his kind of the poet, poetic lyrics that he's written in song after song after song and year after year, it's really quite impressive. In fact, a year or so ago, uh, Dylan won the Nobel Prize for Literature which is about as, as, as prestigious a prize that someone could receive in that field. And I believe he deserved it. And he deserved it because the power of his songs, the, the way in which the music and the lyrics kind of communicates things. This particular song, Forever Young, was used as a theme song in an old TV show um, called Parenthood. I love that show. And I love it because it does reflect the complexity of life. It's an ensemble cast, so there's not just kind of one main character. And so when I was watching and I was trying to, originally watching, I was trying to figure out, well, who, this is, who is this about? Is it about this character? Is it about, you know, this, this person or that? But it's really about all of them. It's about the family, multiple generations in the family. And if you watch it, not just one episode, but kind of episode after episode and then season after season, if you're watching the whole series, at some point, you'll love a character, and at other points, you'll hate them. At some point, you're really rooting for them, and at other points, you're so disappointed in them. But that's, that's life. That's how life really is. It's not just always a progress kind of moving forward and upward. It's sometimes two steps forward and one step back. But it's our commitment to one another, and it's our commitment to being together that kind of makes it life and the fullness of life. And so what I love about this song, Forever Young, it's a song about blessing. You know, the opening stanza says, May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and, may, and let others do for you. That is such a great message. May you always do for others and let others do for you. That this is reciprocal. Like 
Sometimes people have done things for me and I'm very grateful for that. And sometimes I'm able to kind of reciprocate them back to them. But other times, Angela and I have been blessed in such ways by such wonderful people. There's no way we could ever pay it back. But what we try and do is to pay it forward. We try to treat other people with the generosity and the love and the concern that we have, others have treated us with. And that idea of blessing, I think, is so important. The next line says, uh, may you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. I mean, it seems to almost be an allusion to Jacob's ladder right out of Genesis. Build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. Like this is, this is our one wonderful wild life that we're living. And I just, I do pray that we don't get caught up, right? In whether it's the coronavirus or whether it's the particularly difficulty that we might be experiencing in this part of our lives or that part of our lives. But that at times we can have vision to see and maybe it's a song like, like Dylan's Forever Young that can help us get there. That the days may be long, but the years are short. And so let's, let's live this life. Let's be those who bless and do not curse. Let's build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. The next verse says, May you grow up to be righteous. May you grow up to be true. May you always know the truth and see the light that surrounds you. May you always be courageous, stand upright and be strong. And of course, may you stay forever young. Man, what a powerful message. I mean, the idea of courage. I mean, it's, it's one of those kind of great virtues. The, the ancient Greeks talked about four virtues. Uh, wisdom and temperance or, or moderation, uh, courage, and oh gosh, what was the fourth one? I'm thinking, I'm forgetting it right now. But then Christians would talk about kind of three additional virtues, kind of faith, hope, and love. But courage is something that I think we experience through the presence of God. Like that same Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that is the Spirit of creation, that is the Spirit of life. We're told that when the Spirit comes upon us, that we'll be witnesses, that we'll have kind of boldness, that we'll have confidence, that we'll have courage, courage to, to grasp life, to, to live it. And, and that, is, that is a beautiful blessing. I mean, I pray that for my children and I pray that for my church. I pray that for you that you might experience courage. Now, the refrain, of course, well, before I get there, let me just, the last verse. May your hands always be busy. That's wonderful. You know, the old adage that the idle hand is the devil's workshop. May your hands always be busy. May your feet always be swift. May you have a strong foundation when the winds of changes shift. May your heart always be joyful and may your song always be sung. I, I really do hope that we can stay forever young. The refrain, of course, forever young, I think really communicates this idea of the kingdom of God. Jesus would say, he'd take a child, put the child in the middle of them and say, such is the kingdom of God. 
Now, I don't think what that means is, is that you have to be naive or you have to be innocent. Uh, or certainly, I don't think it means you have to be childish. It's not a matter of being childish. It's a matter of being childlike. It's a matter of, of embracing the wonder and the mystery of life. The newness. Like, I didn't know that. Where did that come from? Isn't that great? You know, when we see uh, a new animal or we experience something in nature or we see something that someone has made, we see something beautiful or we taste something that's new to us. Like, that's what I think it means to stay forever young, is to stay like the child that is open to wonder. And that's a blessing. There are plenty of blessings, of course, that we find in Scripture. The, the blessing of Aaron that we often say, we, we used to say it all the time to the children. We said it every night before they went to bed. But the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Or that, that closing blessing that Paul says to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians. And we say this a lot at the church too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I mean, I love these types of blessings. There's an old Irish blessing that I love. It says this, May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. This, my friends, is a way to live, to, to bless people, not to curse them, to live at peace with them the best you can. So there's a passage of scripture that I'd like for us to close with. This comes from Romans chapter 12. And I think in a lot of ways, it expresses things very similar to Dylan's song, Forever Young. Like I think Dylan in a lot of ways maybe not intentionally, but the themes that we find here in Romans are kind of sung about in the song. So I'm in Romans chapter 12, and I'm beginning with verse 9. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. That is kind of what I was trying to say earlier when I said, perhaps there are some songs from your life before you committed yourself to God, and you're not so sure of that you want those. Well, let love be genuine. If you, if you love it, love, love it, hate what is evil, but hold fast to what is good. That just because it came from a different part of your life doesn't mean it needs to all be discarded. I'll read on. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Man, may you stay forever young. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Man, this forever song, you know, is definitely a blessing song. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. But associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, 
But take thought of what is noble in the sight of the Lord. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Now, I would, I would wish if we could just have one verse. That is a good one. As far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Man, is that not ever a verse for our time? Now, when I say these things, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to say, don't misunderstand me that, well, there's good people on all sides. I think that's a little naive. There's the truth that is true, right? And there's justice that it's just. And those things are worth dying for. So we're not, we're not saying that all perspectives are equal. But we're saying that despite some perspectives, we need to work through them till we know that our enemy is not somebody else. It might be some ideal or some practice. But what Paul says, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So we are to bless and not curse, right? We're to pray for those who persecute us. We're to feed our enemy. It actually says this in just a minute. Do not repay evil for any, anyone for evil for evil. Take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Man. But leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. Wow. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you'll heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. So I pray that you will be blessed. <laughs> I pray that the, the road would come up to meet you and the sun would shine on your face. I pray that you would be forever young and that you would live a life, all of your life, all the complexity of it, open, open to the grace of God, to the love of God, to the communion of the Spirit, so that you too can be like that, be a blessing. So this week, I want you to put this into practice. I want you to find ways to bless other people. Don't curse them in, in, whatever, in whatever way you can find that to be. And that comes especially in the cases when you find yourself perhaps at odds with others, right? As far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. That's our goal. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.